0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: A guy who had a pretty strong game tonight for the Bruins was Trent Frederick. Uh, he had a fight earlier on. Uh, I want to say it was the second period, or maybe the end of the first. I don't think it was the end of the first, actually. But um, and then he went on to uh, give the Bruins a one nothing lead uh, on a telegraphed. Um, play by Hampus Lindholm to kind of intercept. It, I, I'm curious um, of the – so F- Frederick has five goals uh, – I'm sorry, seven goals this year. I, I, I'm curious of his seven goals, how many of his goals came in a game at which he also had a fight in. Because I feel like he just seems to – when he's when he feels it over the course of a game, he's engaged in many aspects. And he's been engaged all year, but it's just, I, I'm curious. Uh, he always seems to, to be really noticeable besides a goal when he scores
2: yeah no that that fight was also like the most slow motion fight i've seen it was just like it took a while to get going and they both were like gripping each other and then all of a sudden it was like slow motion and it looked like you're like oh well i think frederick won that fight at the end and then you realize that mostly was just punching visor and just, his hands were just torn up. And I'm like, eh, that wasn't maybe, you yeah. know, exactly what he was expecting. He goes to the box and he's laughing, but yeah, he ends up coming and scoring after.
3: Yeah. The only thing he could get to was plastic. I, I'd be punching in slow motion too. If, uh, if I was driving my fist into a plastic helmet.
2: Yeah, he's he's skating over to the penalty box and he's like laughing and he's looking at his hand like, why did I do this? Like, this was not really a fight. Like, I hurt myself even though I punched him more, I hurt myself more. So, um, I mean, he always is down for a fight though. You could tell he fought uh, ball, and it was kind of a weird looking fight.
1: But you know, him him getting on the scoreboard early uh, in the second period, I believe it was. It's like it's you know, it comes at a point where. You know, Debrusk and Zaka scored the goals for you in Ottawa in a losing effort, um, and then you know it's 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 Frederick who gets you on the board in this game. And although Bergeron got the the tipping goal later in regulation to to give the Bruins a go ahead lead, uh, ultimately the game winning goal. It just speaks to like this is why the Bruins are so successful because it's not always David Pasternak and and and, and Bergeron and Marshan and McAvoy Lindholm. Like you know, yeah, they're all doing their thing, but the depth the depth, the depth that the Bruins have, it's, it's, it's why they're 28, four and three.
3: Yeah. And, and we should mention that Frederick was playing fourth line center tonight. So, you know, a little bit of a shift for him. Um, Tomas Nosek out with, yeah, Jim Montgomery said it's something minor. He said it was like more maintenance than anything, but they just didn't want him playing second night of a back to back. Um, so, you know, so far this season, when a center has been out, it's really only been Krejci and, and it's, you know, it's been Zaku slides over cause it's more of a, of a top six need. Well, now, you know, it's a fourth liner and you think back to, okay, out of the gates this season, you know, you had Jack Stanika around as an extra center. So you wonder, okay, like who, who would be the one to go in that spot if, you know, if no did miss a game. Well, it turns out it's Frederick. Are they going to bump him over from wing? And I thought he played pretty well, you know, to your point, besides even just the goal. Um, he was playing with Felino and Greer, and I thought, you know, they brought some energy on their shifts and kind of stuck to the same identity that that fourth line has had, you know, pretty much all season, which is they're they're getting into the offensive zone. They're getting in on the four check and, you know, just kind of trying to create some some chaos in the offensive zone.
2: By the way, it is. It's not like unnatural for him to play center because he was a center. Um, and he kind of was in the same situation. If you guys remember all the way back to when he first started with the Bruins out of college, that he was kind of in that Stenica situation where they kept trying him at center. Then they're like, well, we don't have space for you at center. So we'll throw you on the wing. And he had to adapt into the role that he plays now on the wing, but he still can play center. Um, kind of like how Zaka in New Jersey started as a center then he found more of a role on the wing and now for the Bruins he's been playing more on the wing um so these are guys that Zaka and Frederick that can play center um and and have in the past and so it's it's kind of one of those things where they haven't needed to use Frederick's versatility in that way recently at all um but when they did you know he came through he he did fine at center um didn't really notice much of a a drop off from him there and with him there, they move Smith up to play with um Holland Coyle on that third line.
1: I thought Craig Smith put a put a solid game tonight. Obviously, I mean not look like it's it's been the story of his season that hasn't really been the most fruitful for him, but he uh you could tell he's fighting through it, battling through it. I mean, um you get put on waivers, you get sent down to Providence, you kind of a a cap flexibility um casualty i suppose is the word to describe him right now for the bruins like he's going up and down at different times to kind of make make room when they can and i still think he's kind of the odd man out if they can get a chance to move him at some point um i know depth is always warranted but nonetheless we've talked about it in the past he's a great locker room guy he's he has a good resume in the nhl it just i think i read somewhere i'm not sure if it was fluto or somebody um but there's a, there's a sense among, among the league that uh, Craig Smith just doesn't fit Montgomery's system. And, like, the eye test tells us that he's certainly struggling to score. But to hear that from NHL minds that say he's still an NHL player, but it's just the wrong fit, I think is kind of affirmation of what we've seen this year with him.
3: Yeah, and, you know, if you think about it, like, one thing he's always been is a volume is a volume shooter. He'll throw it on net from anywhere. And one thing Montgomery has been stressing is kind of taking the extra second or making an extra pass to get a higher quality chance and not just throw it on net from anywhere. So like when you think about the system and there might be other areas where it's not quite clicking, but like that's one that immediately comes to mind as you know, something that Craig Smith has done his whole career, maybe he's now being told, you know, Hey, try to, you know, make a a little extra play instead of firing, firing away. And it's like stuff like that can just get into your head because it's like, okay, you want to adapt and you want to play the, the new system and you want to do what, you know, the coach wants, you see it working for other guys. But at the same time, when your whole career, you know, you get the, puck anywhere around the net and you fired on net all of a sudden now you're getting on your stick and you're double clutching you're thinking twice you're looking around and next thing you know you're indecisive and nothing's happening so um you know i'm not like totally giving up on on craig smith he's it's a combination of that and then he's also i think just been snake bitten when he has gotten chances he had a really good one right in front of the net in ottawa and just didn't quite. You could tell he was trying to lift it over Talbot's glove and didn't quite get all of it, and just sort of fluttered right into Talbot's glove. Um, tonight he had a chance where he, it was either like a puck that was blocked down in front or a rebound, but he grabs it and just couldn't quite settle it right away. And I think he had had Vanacek down for a second. By the time he was able to settle it, Vanacek was was set and back in position, and you could tell like then after he shot it, it was saved. He sort of like swung his stick at like nothing in particular, just just in frustration, because you could tell he like he felt like he had a goal on a stick again and just couldn't settle it. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration for him. I I still think there's a chance he could get going, but it, it keeps dragging on and, you know, obviously hasn't happened yet.
2: Yeah. It kind of makes you think because there's been a few Bruins that have been able to turn it around after having really stretches where they really struggled. Like, could it be like a Jake DeBrusque kind of situation where all of a sudden, like, you know, this person has skill. Um, and however, like you said, the, the system and Smith don't really go hand in hand the way that it it works with DeBrusque, but there was a point last season where DeBrusque was struggling so much that he, you know, asked for a trade and, and everybody was kind of down on him and, and then he turned it around uh, later in the season, and and this year he's fine. And then you look at Felino being able to turn things around. You kind of wonder like how much time they'll give him, and whether or not like by the end of the year somehow something starts clicking again. Because when he first came to Boston, there there were stretches of last season as well that were, you know, he looked good. Like he he didn't, you wouldn't have coming from some of the play that he had in stretches last season. Um, I feel like he's, I mean, it's not like he's old and like, he's not, he, he doesn't have the ability to do it anymore. It's, it's, it's a kind of like a combination of a lot of things, including, you know, new coach, new system, but also not like just on sometimes just being unlucky. Also probably being a little down on yourself because they have Greer now and Greer has come in and he's not gotten like as many reps as he had been getting before. So a lot of it's playing into it and he did have in the back-to-back he did have a few good chances and at this point in time I I feel like he's 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 somebody that you're not like oh okay he's a liability in the lineup like no he can play it's just whether or not like him and Greer are going to be going back and forth if someone's going to win it over eventually I mean
1: Scott mentioned that he's historically a volume shooter another thing he historically is is a streaky scorer but just to add on to everything you guys have already mentioned, I just think the biggest thing that he lacks in his game that Montgomery wants in a forward, especially in this system, is patience. Like, Craig Smith doesn't really have... I've described him a lot in the past as like an like an energizer bunny. He just kind of goes, goes, goes. Like, you no know, those, those those teeth that just... You wind him up and a chatter. That's kind of how he plays. And I just think, like, he doesn't have the patience to pull up and, and survey you know, who's trailing the play and he doesn't really have, he's not the most offensively creative mind. He's just effort and release historically. And so I think when you lack that patience and that vision in a system where like Scott mentioned, Montgomery wants them to not just throw the puck at the net. If nobody's there, he wants them to do everything with a purpose. um, It just hasn't been a match made in heaven. That said, like he could put a couple goals in start feeling better about himself. And then, and then, you know, here you go. I mean, Obviously, this is a really difficult time to judge him, right? Because if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Uh, so it's like everything's going against him right now. So it's kind of a, it's kind of tough to. You don't want to pile on somebody when they're when nothing's going their way. You kind of think there's someone in the middle, but uh, nonetheless, I thought he had a good effort tonight, and and that's that's encouraging to see because it hasn't been easy going for him. Uh, it's going to be tough to, to like similar to Mike Riley, like it's 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 a shitty situation for these guys, but you know they're being pros about it.
3: Yeah, I want to bring up uh, one line in particular that did not have a good night in New Jersey and and has struggled for a couple games now. And that's the second line Um, Zaka Krejci Posternak. Tuesday night in New Jersey, when they were on the ice at five on five, Bruins got out attempted 17 to one. They got out shot 10 to nothing. You know, I mean, like just nothing going like they just spent the whole game in their own zone couldn't get out couldn't do any couldn't get going on the rush had no offensive zone time and you know the night before in ottawa they weren't that bad but they weren't great that game either i think they they got outshot five to one um in ottawa so Know we we've talked in the past about how that line at times hasn't really clicked, but then I thought before the break there were some signs that things were starting to go in the right direction. Um you know, so I'm not panicking. It's it's two games, you know, we'll see how the next couple games go. But they definitely looked I think even more off than they than they have at times in the past. And and you know, we've seen we know Montgomery will change lines. We've seen him move Hall, I think he even both of these games at, at times he moved Hall up. Um and dropped Zaka down. And you know, I wonder if you he, will see that more or if he's gonna try something else or you know, I don't even reunite perfection line, drop like obviously we know Montgomery has options, he's used all of them uh throughout this season, but yeah, that was uh, this was a tough night for, for that line. And, you know, to the point where it's like, it's a little, it's worse than just like a bit of an off night. Like those numbers I just read, that's just like horrendous.
2: Yeah, no, those are, those are really bad. That's actually worse than I would have guessed, even though, like you said, it was clear to see that they weren't having their best game. Those numbers were, those are just really ugly numbers. Um, And the, the worst part about that is that's the line that has your best shooter on it. So you know if you're if you're being out attempted at that pace, that means that you know you don't you don't have the puck in the offensive zone on Pasternak's stick, and he's not getting the chances that you want to see from him. So you know that's the biggest minus to when that line is is underperforming and not spending a lot of time in the offensive zone because you want to be able to use Pasternak, um as much as you can. Um, and not just on the power play also five on five. So, I mean, the, an adjustment could easily be just to go to the perfection line for a game or, or for however long it looks like it's, it's necessary because they do have that flexibility. Um, and it, it, it will take a little bit of rotating the bottom, you know, the middle six, I guess. Um, but it's, it didn't hurt them just because they get, they get scoring from other players. And I guess, I mean, zaka has an empty net goal but that has nothing to do with really how things were going for them uh for the rest of the game um i kind of thought it was funny too because someone in the pregame on tnt said they were putting money on zaka scoring a goal and i was like that doesn't seem smart um and then i'm like wow he he nailed it right at the end there it was kind of a cheap one but uh he got it he scored against his old team for the first time so uh even though it was Really easy, empty net goal. By the way, he got tripped, too. Would that have just been an awarded goal?
1: Yeah, I believe so. He put it
2: in anyway, yeah. but, like, when you get – it's different than a penalty shot because you don't have a goalie in net, so it just should have been an awarded goal either way, but he actually was able to score it, too. So um, I'm sure that felt good for him. And yeah. also, Taylor Hall got booed the whole game, which was kind of weird. Um, the well, that- didn't.
1: Fans are obviously gonna boo you if you get traded, right? Because it's cause that was clearly his decision.
3: Um, I think that. Was I mean, very... we've we've been guilty of that in Boston over the years. So. It's just it
2: like the the player that had an MVP season with your team not that long ago, and you're booing him. Well, like,
1: and he was like the key reason that they have one one postseason under their belts in like the last decade. So yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense to bull. Um, for for as far as the second line goes, I think. Uh, you know their struggles to me start with Krejci. It starts up the middle, uh, especially when you when you consider all of your offense starts in your own zone, right? And I just think that the responsibility lies in the centerman as a as a third defenseman down low um, in your own zone to to catapult that offense in that transition. And I I just feel like look we're we're hitting we're about to hit the new year, um, you know, two and a half three months into the season. And look, Krejci's been good um the points are there it's so it's something like that it's not that he's underperforming in that aspect of the game but I would like to see him pick up his his uh his speed game and I understand that's not his style it never has been but I'm and also
2: harder to do at an age where you're you know coming up against retirement
1: yep absolutely and 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 I and I get all that and so I'm not like I'm not calling for his head like don't don't misconstrue where I'm going with this but you just gotta—he's getting pickpocketed a little too much for my for my liking in the in the neutral zone, and I just think he just needs to move the puck quicker. Like if 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 your game isn't speed, which he knows that he's known that for 15 years, just move it a half a second quicker, half a second quicker. I just feel like sometimes, especially when he plays with passion, act, that, like they, they they love playing with each other and and their their checkmates and all that good stuff, but they get a little they get a little sauce happy, I think together. Like they, they like to do a little, the little backhand saucer passes in the neutral zone. And they like to do little alley passes up in the air and the indirect passes that are too soft to really just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, they don't play. They don't pass hard enough for my liking. Like be, be a little bit crisper. And I know this sounds crazy. Cause, cause great. is like one of the best passes we've seen in Boston in like a decades. And patch is one of the best players in the world. So it's kind of, it's like, it's like, I'm being true critical, but it, during the stretch where they're struggling, it that's it just kind of seems like they're playing a little too soft together, and that's why for me it's like I don't think Taylor Hall and that line changes that. Like I think I think it starts with Krejci. Like who uh, am I going to sit here and say David Pashnak, one of the best forwards in the world, is the problem? Am I going to say Pavel Zaka is the problem, a guy who's kind of been doing his job this year? No, I, I think I think it starts at center ice. That's the most important position on the ice is a forward, and um, I don't I didn't realize how bad they've been until Scott rattled off those numbers. Um, but yeah, I just think I think I think Krejci picking up his his game a little bit will will go a long
3: way. Yeah, I I I agree. Like it definitely starts with him, and you know, we know it took him a while to get back up to speed, and I think that process is probably still ongoing. Obviously, you know, when I had Taylor Hall on this podcast, he he sort of acknowledged that, and I think Krejci has too. Like he's said you know, he knows he can still get better. He obviously wants to get better. Um, You know, buddy, to your, a point you made, like he was still putting up points, but now you're getting, you know, a little stretch of a couple of games here with, without the points. And you, you notice some of those other issues more. And then especially on a night like tonight, where it seems to just keep piling up in the D zone, where it's one shift after another, where they can't get it out. And to, to your point, some of you know, and it's not just him. There's four other guys on the ice that, you know, aren't doing enough to get it out. But yeah, there are times where it's on his stick and the play dies, and, and we're just we're not used to seeing that because usually it's you know throughout Craig's career, pucks on his stick, you feel really good about something good coming from that. So um, you know, like you said, I think it's just quicker decisions and not you know, not waiting for like the perfect passing lane to open up. Just, just take what's there. Um I'm Trying to think of, there was another point I was going to make and I totally forget what it is. So. Well, I have <laughs> one, I
2: have <laughs> one final point on Kreechie just before maybe we talk a little bit about some of the defensemen and then we'll talk to talk about the winter classic a little bit here, but. um oh, Actually last- it was,
3: it was to, to back up something Bridget said Um to your point about like passing, not getting chances he had one five on five shot attempt against the devils and zero shots on goal during even strength play. His only shot on goal came on the power play. So yeah, exactly. That's not what you want. And and I think you let them try to work through it, but if that continues, then yeah, I think you have to think about putting Plastonark back up on, on the top line. If for no other reason than to just maximize his opportunities and You know, and it's not like the top line scoring a ton at five on five either. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see see that move happening. Not not even because, you know, you don't think Krejci and Pasta can work through it together, but just, um, you know, you want Pasta getting chances. So if it's not happening on that second line, then it might have to, you know, be a line change there for, for a game or two.
2: Yeah, and it's not something you're concerned about changing, really. So it's like there's not a lot of downside to doing it. So it's an option, and they can they can do it if they need to. Um, my last thought on Krejci, just because we we're having the conversation about how, you know, the second-line struggles kind of start with him. Um, but, like, the confidence is still there with him, I think, with coaching. Like, he got moved to the top power play unit when they've been doing – the last few games they've had stretches where they've ha- used that um, – Five forward power play unit and the person that they switch onto it is Krejci um for Lindholm and and he kind of handles things up at the blue line um so like he's he's struggling a little bit but the the confidence still has to be there to put him in that position where you you think like okay well if you're not putting a defenseman out there on the power play you have to have forwards that can get back on defense that can keep pucks in at the point that can um kind of facilitate things and we know that he's a great passer, so he's, they're able to utilize that aspect of his game on the power play. Um, just my final thought on Krejci um, after, you know, some of the other things he's been involved with this week.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.